the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I hope you are having a good day, and hopefully this will make it even better. We have some two shows that we're going to kind of do back-to-back, and they are about what makes a woman feel loved and what makes a man feel loved. So this week, we are going to focus on what makes a woman feel loved. And as you know, we've done a lot on this show about gender and the differences and how men interpret things differently, how women do, how men feel, how women feel, how they communicate, how, how, how divergent the two sexes are. And so very important that, that we really look at understanding the way a woman feels loved. And one of the hardest things for men is to do it the way they feel loved versus doing it the way that feels natural to them. And, and conversely, the same for women. We want to love men the way we feel loved instead of loving them the way they feel loved. So we're going to talk today about really truly for women, what is it that really communicates love, establishes love? And all the things, men, that you are doing when you are truly loving a woman well is creating and establishing security, a sense of belongingness, of being wanted, needed, and desired. And so this helps women be strong women versus aggressive females. And we know there is a very big difference, and strong women are far more attractive than aggressive females. So we want to really focus on what helps a woman be very feminine and strong at the same time is really creating a sense of security, belongingness, being wanted, needed, desired. So we're going to start both of these shows out with this particular passage, and this is out of John. This is chapter John, uh, the 21st chapter, verses 15. And we're going to do 15 through 17, but I'm really going to focus more on chapter 15. And the question is, why did Jesus ask Peter, do you love me? And he asked him three times. So Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? And this occurred when Jesus was having breakfast with his disciples, and this was soon after the resurrection. And Jesus used this opportunity to encourage and exhort Peter about his upcoming responsibilities and even to prophesy the manner in which Peter would die. 
So by asking Peter, do you love me three times, Jesus was emphasizing the importance of Peter's love and his unswerving obedience to his Lord and the necessary future for his ministry. So when we are using this verse, when it comes to our our most significant relationships, I want you to look at this, this through different eyes. This is not necessarily um, establishing somebody's ministry or or um, establishing their commitment to God, although that does occur when we are truly loving the, the significant person in our life well. So Jesus begins questioning Peter about his love for him. And every time Peter answers with an affirmative, and Jesus follows up with the command for Peter to feed his sheep. Now, this is the first indication that I want you to think about this. Love is action. Love is action. And, and what we also see is love is choice. Peter's choosing to love Jesus. Peter also fell in love with Jesus. But he's choosing to continue to love Jesus. Because even though he denied Christ, even though his actions did not match his words, his love did not waver. And what Jesus is doing is Jesus is offering him the opportunity to reaffirm his love. And not only is he asking, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, that wasn't enough. Jesus says, then feed my sheep. So it's meaning that if Peter truly loves his master, then he will shepherd and care for those who belong to Christ. This translates to loving both men and loving both women. This, this translates to loving people. That it has to be more than just my words. That if I truly love this person, my words then need to turn into action. So it's possible that he also repeated this question because this was reminding Peter of his his three denials. And we, we know in Jewish law that when something is repeated three times, that creates a law. So when Peter denied Christ three times, he actually made that law. And what Jesus was doing is allowing him to undo that law. So he allowed him to undo his denial, which is a very gracious thing. And this is another way that we love one another. We let them undo things. So when we make mistakes with people, one of the most gracious things I can do with someone that loves me is I let them undo it. I let them undo it and redo it. And so this is what Jesus was letting Peter do. He was letting Peter undo this terrible offense that he had done. The other thing that, w- that we look at, we have, we have looked in, in, this, um, at, at, in different shows, when we talked about the different forms of love, of agape, phileo, and eros love. And there's another way to look at this, is that what, what Jesus was doing was he was addressing the fact that Peter was saying, I love you, using the word phileo. Jesus wanted Peter to use the word agape which is, I love you even when I don't feel like it. I love you even when you're not likable. I love you when you're asking me to do things I don't want to do. So he's trying to get Peter to understand that his love for Jesus must be unconditional in order to be the leader that God had called him to be. So this is imperative that we understand when we are loving people, that not only do we allow them 
to undo mistakes and reaffirm and reestablish their love for us. But we also are committing to loving that person with unconditional love. Now, remember, we have talked on lots of shows about the fact that I can love somebody unconditionally but have limited intimacy. And that depends on their functionality. That depends on how healthy they are as a person. So Jesus was assuming, and we see that they had, they had a very close friendship, that Jesus was saying, it may get rough. You may not like what I've called you to do. You not, may not want to love the people I'm asking you to love. And we see this with blended families. How many times did you marry somebody and now you're required to love those children that aren't your children? And maybe they're not very lovable. Maybe you have to love in-laws, whether you're a blended family or not a blended family. And there's a lot of in-laws that maybe we really don't want to love. But that love that we are, are being asked to do means that we love people we may not otherwise love. Jesus is saying to Peter, you, I'm asking you to feed my sheep, to care for those whom I love. So when Jesus is asking me to love my spouse, love my significant other, He's saying, I'm asking you to love this person unconditionally and love this person because I love them. So it's imperative that we understand whatever whatever the reason for this threefold do you love me question. Jesus was really impressing upon Peter the importance of his role. And we don't want to think that just because God hasn't come and shown himself in the flesh to us and and told us this great, huge ministry that we have, that somehow our role in loving the person he's brought into our life is insignificant. It is of great significance to Christ, because Christ died for that person. Therefore, that person is of utmost importance to Jesus. So we are to love them. We are to serve them with phileo love, brotherly love, with agape love that is unconditional love, and if it's your significant other, thank God, with eros love, with erotic love. Wow, you get the threefold trifecta. How awesome is that? So what you want to think about is we must have humility to live well, to love deeply, and love honestly. Peter was responding to God out of his feelings, which is wonderful. It's wonderful. Passion is wonderful. But in order for passion to actually become concrete. There has to be action. There has to be action. There has to be words. And so when we think about this with women, let's go back to this. We are creating and establishing security and a sense of belonging, of being wanted, needed, and desired. This is what Jesus did for the women that he ministered to. And I'm not saying he desired them in an erotic way, but he desired their company. He loved being around women. He loved having them around. And when we talk next week, you're going to understand that that is one of man's greatest needs, is proximity and companionship of women. So what's the number one way that men can love women? Men give provision and women give love. One of the greatest ways that a man can love a woman is provide for her. And I'm not saying that you have to provide even financially. In today's world, there's many of us women that make far more money than a lot of men make. So it isn't about always financial provision. It's about providing an atmosphere where she feels safe in order to thrive and to be all that God has created her to be, to be her own best version. 
Now, the primary way a man provides is financially. But it isn't necessarily imperative. What we think about is that it's not the amount of money. It's about who bears the burden. And one of the best ways that a man provides security is to bear the financial burden, even if he doesn't make the majority of the money. He needs to care about the financial stability of his partnership with his wife or his family. So women love to help. So in a woman's world, helping financially is very different than providing for a man. Once a woman feels that she is providing for a man, he will lose the respect he desires from her. So one of the ways that we help this situation, where women oftentimes make more money than men, is that men need to understand they need to bear that burden, even if they don't make the majority of the money, and realize that women love to help. So we will make a ton of money if we're helping our family. We just don't want to provide for a man. So I'm hoping this is helpful for you. We are, I, I want you to join me in the next segment. We are going to talk about the second way that you truly can love a woman. And this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment. Make sure that you visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, Facebook at Cynthia Hyatt, Inc., that's INC for Incorporated, Twitter, Instagram, all those great places for inspiration and motivation throughout your week. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. And if you are just joining me here on 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk, make sure that you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com and you can listen to the show in its entirety. And that is spelled C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. So we left off talking about what makes a woman feel loved. And I want to make sure you hear the show in its entirety because we opened up with the the verse in um, John chapter uh, chapter twenty one verse fifteen, where Jesus is asking Peter if he loves him. And how many times do we say this to people? Do you love me? Do you really love me? And so what we saw was that Peter was was responding out of passion, out of emotion, which is wonderful. But what Jesus really guided him through was, then feed my sheep. He said, I want that put into action. And so he wants us to do something with the love that we have. Now, the reason this is imperative that we understand the opposite sex is there's a lot of ways that I can love a man that don't feel very loving to him. So once I know men, I know how to truly love them. Well, men, once you understand women, it really streamlines all of your effort. Because when you love them the way that it makes sense to them, you are going to be amazed at the level of tolerance they have for you and how much grace they are willing to give you because they feel loved. And so the first one we talked about was that men provide, um, men, men give provision. And, and certainly finances is a big way that men provide. But in today's world with women that, that make m- more money than men oftentimes, What we want to remember is that it's a mindset. It isn't that men provide financially um, all the way across the board. It's that men bear the financial burden. So men, you need to care about the finances. You need to not just say, well, my wife makes more money, so I'm going to let her take care of it. 
And it doesn't mean that if she's really good with finances, that you don't let her do some of the finances. It means that you bear the burden. You're the one that worries, frets, makes sure that there is enough, that we are doing it right, that we are taking advantage of the resources that we need to make sure that we are establishing security. Because a number one need for women is security. And recognizing that women like to help. So when they feel like financially, even if they make a lot more money than you, they're helping you, helping the family, they're going to feel fine giving all that money. If they feel that they're providing for you, then you will become a responsibility for them. That will really mess up any romantic love that you want to have with them. So the second one here is he isn't derailed by my feelings or my moods. And this is huge for men. It's a tough one because we've talked a lot about how very affected you are by a woman's facial expressions and her tone of voice and her eyes and her body language and and the emotions that she's having and sarcasm that she might have in her voice or, or a crispness or a harshness. And so what this means is that women women are having feelings and thoughts all the time that they are attempting to manage. They always are feeling something. And something is always, quote unquote, popping up, either from within themselves or from an external trigger. So it's difficult for us to just let it go. It's difficult to determine the level of importance for us. So this is what men can often help us with. If we're taken seriously and it's done in love, and this is, this is more important than anything you could realize. This is why womanizers are so effective with women, because they can tune into a woman's feelings and they're not derailed by them. They move toward a woman when she's having a feeling. And that causes them to have incredible amounts of tolerance for them. In fact, they will tolerate all kinds of bad behavior because they feel so close to that man. So what's imperative that you do is that you care about what she cares about. So when you, when you are very good at, at establishing boundaries and recognizing my wife, my girlfriend, my lover, my daughter, my boss, whoever this is, is having a really big feeling. I need to relax. I need to be able to be present while she's having a feeling or I won't be able to help her. So if I really want to be a good man, really want to support, really want to help, then I need to be able to handle the feelings that she has, even when you're uncomfortable even when they feel insulting. So you have to be very careful about your reaction to the feeling she's having because you're going to complicate it every time you react to the feeling she has. Now, if she's attacking you and blaming you, that's, that's a different story. That's not what I'm talking about because that's what we're going to talk in uh, next week's show about how to have feelings around a man. Because we have to be careful that we set you up for success and help you help us with our feelings. So it's important to understand that women are hardwired to be affected by their world. Everything affects them. And this is one of the things that men love about women is that they are reactionary beings. You love to see them burst forth in laughter. You like to see them when you tease them. You like to see all the different reactions that women have. And so they are hardwired to react. When they react negatively, you have to be very careful that you don't withdraw because this is going to make the situation worse. 
So this helps women right themselves when they are connected to someone, when they are having feelings. And men can be a stabilizing reference point. See, it's similar to what God provides as our leader, is that he never changes. He's always the same. He doesn't, it does not mean he's not affected by us or that he's not emotional. But it means that God doesn't withdraw from us when we have a negative feeling about him or about something else. When we're crying out to God, he doesn't go, oh, I don't want to deal with this. I've had it with her. She's crying all the time. God is very present in times of trouble. And God is able to handle the emotions that women have, that humans have. So for men, you want to really concentrate on not being derailed by her feelings, not feeling like you have to, quote unquote, fix them, because I'm going to give you a little a key here. One of the best ways to, quote unquote, fix a woman's problems is to care about them. I'm sure that most of the women in your life are very intelligent women. They probably can figure out all of their own problems. What they want is for someone to care. And it's wonderful when our girlfriends care about us. We just take that for granted because that's what women do. But when my husband cares about my plight, cares about how much it stresses me out, even if it doesn't stress him out, he may think it's silly. He doesn't say that. He cares about me. So he cares about what I care about. And that is one of the best ways you can love a woman, is to care for what she cares about. And it takes some, some practice, and it takes some endurance, because you're going to want to just exit the whole situation, especially when it doesn't seem to be getting better. And we're going to talk about that in next week's show as well, as for women helping men to hang in there with their feelings. So it's really important when we're looking at this, that you recognize that not being derailed by his feelings, by her feelings or her moods, caring about what she cares about is one of the best ways to love a woman. So we're, gonna, we're coming up on a hard break, and we're going to start the next hour with understanding how a man loves a woman, and the first one is he's a grown-up about sex and how he acts sexually. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment. Make sure you visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Facebook at Cynthia Hyatt, Inc. That's Incorporated, INC for Incorporated. Facebook, Twitter, all those places for inspirational and motivational ways that you can find me. This is Cynthia Hyatt, 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk. Well, welcome back. This is Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you for listening to me today. You are listening to 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk. And we are talking today about what makes a woman feel loved and really understanding the differences between how a man feels loved and how a woman feels loved. And many times in my practice, I'm having to do a lot of this education on gender differences and understanding that if I love a man the way I feel loved, I'm probably going to miss the boat. And so men, if you love a woman the way you would feel loved, you're going to miss the boat. She's not going to feel the love that you have for her. And so it's imperative that we really understand the opposite sex and that we love them in a way that they actually feel loved. And so we opened uh, the show with the, the verse in, in, Ch- in John um, chapter Chapter 21, verses 15. And this is where Jesus is talking to Peter and he's saying, do you love me? 
And Peter says, yes, Master, yes, I do. Of course I do. And how many times have we said to one another, do you love me? Do you really love me? And so one of the things that Jesus was establishing here is that Peter was operating and and expressing his love out of his experience of Jesus, his feelings for Jesus, his passion for Jesus. And Jesus appreciated that, but he took it one step further, and he said, then love my sheep. That's love who I love. So what we have to do is we have to learn to love the one that God loves. So the way that God is going to love a woman is very different than the way that God loves men. And we see this throughout the entire Bible, the different ways that that Jesus interacted with women versus how he interacted with men. And so one of the things that we, what we left off with in the last segment is one of the ways that a man loves a woman is that he is a grown-up about sex and how he acts sexually. Now, what does this mean? Well, it means that he doesn't act like a little boy when he's making sexual advances. He doesn't do the grabby thing. He asks permission to touch his wife or girlfriend, understanding that he's breaking into her world. And she may not enjoy or appreciate the distraction the same way that he does. And so it's tough for women to understand this, that men just want to touch women. They like the way they look. They like the way it feels. They just want to touch them. They're compelled to do it. They don't necessarily want to do anything more, but they just want to touch a woman as they're walking by, as they walk up to her. Then they may want to go do the rest of their things. But what you want to understand is that for a woman, that may not be as appreciated When she's doing something, she may not appreciate the distraction the way you would. And so it's really understanding that loving a woman is about being a grown-up. And so grown-up men don't pout when you don't get the sexual advances um, appreciated the way you would like them. Grown-up men don't pout if they don't get to have sex when they want to have sex. And so... Women have all kinds of feelings in their bodies. They have all kinds of feelings about their bodies. And there's always something going on in their bodies because our bodies are very complicated. And so it's different when you are wanting to enter into a woman's world physically than it is entering into a man's world physically. There could be a lot of things that are going on, a lot of thoughts she's having, a lot of feelings she's having, a lot of things going on in her body that you don't even know anything about. One of the things that we want to do is be very, very respectful. The more respectful you are, the more you love her body and appreciate her body and understand the fact that she lives in her body and that that really is her body. Now, we know that the Bible teaches us that the two become one and that we are not to withhold our bodies from one another. But one of the things that God said is that it doesn't mean we have a right in, in an aggressive manner. It means that when it comes to physicality, especially with women, that's the place you want to be the most sensitive, the most tender, the most willing, the most forgiving, and the most supportive. Because one of the hardest things for women in our society is how much pressure we have about our bodies. Now, I speak to women all the time that men do not have near the expectation on a woman's body that we have on our own body. That doesn't mean that it doesn't affect us sexually. So when she's not feeling good about her body, if she's not feeling comfortable in her body, you may not have any of those issues 
But you're going to have to, like we said previously, one of the ways you love a woman is you care about what she cares about. That you are sympathetic, that you are empathetic toward her when she's feeling insecure, when she's feeling unconfident about her body. That you say very loving and kind things to her, that you don't get frustrated with her or mad at her or disgusted with her. That you really understand. Because that's part of the relational piece. The more relational you are, the easier it is for her to be sexual. So always remember, with women, relationship first, sexuality second. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. We have one more segment to go about what makes a woman feel loved. Make sure to listen to the show in its entirety on my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. So if you're just tuning in, make sure that you visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and you can listen to the show in its entirety. We are talking today about what makes a woman feel loved. And we started out with the verse in John, the 21st chapter of John, verse 15, where Jesus is saying to Peter, do you love me? And how many times we say to one another, do you love me? Do you really love me? And we want that reassurance. And, and Jesus took it out r- very far with Peter because he really was establishing for Peter that he wanted him not only to love him in a friendly manner, but in an unconditional manner. And we know with romantic relationships, if we are friendly and we have unconditional love, we are that much better able to have the sexuality that we want within that relationship. And we also learn from this passage When Jesus said, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord, I do. He said, then feed my sheep. So Jesus is showing us that love has to be an action. So the first three that we talked about today was men give provision and women give love. And we talked about provision being that men don't necessarily need to make more money than women, but they need to carry the burden of providing, that they worry about it, care about it, think about it, research it, make sure that they are providing all different types of things for a woman, whether it be uh, just making sure that her house works, making sure that the car works, making sure she has what she needs, that she can has money to go to the doctor, whatever that may be. And the second one is that he's not derailed by her feelings or her moods, that he's able to handle her emotions. The third we talked about is he's a grown-up about sex and how he acts sexually, that he doesn't pout, he doesn't act like a boy when making sexual advances. And this next one we're going to talk about is he does things for her simply to make her life easier and better. He wants to relieve her stress. So when women say, wow, this is what my husband does. He does things for me. He makes my life easier. He makes it better. He he actually relieves my stress. See, a direct benefit when men do this for women that that they love. This This is a wonderful quality that women enjoy when men love them. And she's far more enjoyable to him. See, men know how stressful it can be for them when the woman they love is stressed out. That's, that's those negative feelings that men, and, and stressed out women are not very beautiful women. Stressed out women are, are difficult women. And so the more that you can help her, the more you can do things for her, the more you make her life easier, the more burdens you carry for her, the less stressed she will be. 
And so the, the important point here is you need to learn what stresses her out. Because what you think stresses her out may not be stressful for her. There may be things that don't even make sense to you that stress her out. And so it may be something like making a phone call for her. It may be something as easy as, wow, just making sure that the, the, uh, the trash cans get out of the street so that she doesn't have to worry about what the neighbors think when they think, wow, those guys never leave their, leave their trash cans out on the street all the time. Do they ever take care of business? Because this is how women think. And so it's important that you enter into her world and you find out what actually stresses her out, not what makes sense to you. And the fifth one, he buys things for me, knowing that the biggest part of what he provides or buys for me is that I get to brag about it. This is what is so fun for women, is telling other women what you bought for us or telling other women what you've done for us. I love to brag about my husband. I love to say, oh, these are the shoes my husband picks out. He picks out the best shoes for me. Or this is what my husband did for me yesterday. That is one of the most enjoyable things for a woman is to tell other people about their husbands, their significant other. So the more that you do, the more, and when you buy something, you're wanting to buy something that means something to her, that, which means you have to get to know her. If you don't, if she's really hard to buy for, then you take her shopping. And you say, help me learn what you like. How about this? You start looking through the store and bringing things to her. And, hey, what about that? What about that? Do you like this? Why don't you try this? You might give her courage to try things on that she otherwise wouldn't feel comfortable doing. It's part of the process of really loving her. So it's important for women to know they're special to someone. So when they have evidence of it and they get to tell the world how special they are to someone, it always lowers their stress. It always increases their self-worth. So for you men, it always translates into them being more willing to be sexual. That's the way that it works. So number six, this is a big one. He doesn't grow tired of reassuring me that he loves me and that things are going to be okay, or that we are okay. Even though he's already told me, and he told me an hour ago, and maybe to him nothing has changed, and all he's been doing all day is working to provide and create a better life for me, he still is willing to reassure me again that things are okay, and that they're going to be okay, and that he's not mad at me for asking. He's not mad at me for being needing to be reassured. Because the biggest part of a woman's hardwiring is the need for security and the need to continually establish it. Because it isn't a static issue for a woman. You don't just establish it and then she feels secure for the rest of her life. Women, it, by nature, are weaker than men. That doesn't mean that we can, we, we're not very strong creatures. I'm, I'm stronger than most women, but I cannot take on a man. If a man at any point wanted to overpower me, he could. Now, there are some, there's a small percentage of women that are trained in all kinds of martial arts or MMA or whatever that is. But for the most part, women know that at a primitive level. Their brain knows that. They don't consciously know it, and thankfully in, in our society, we don't really have to think about it very often. But our brain knows it at a very primitive level. And one of the reasons 
women continually ask for reassurance. They are continually reassuring the security so they can stay calm, so they can relax, so they don't have to be on guard. This is what we do for children. This is what we do for pets. This is what we do for people that are more dependent. And so even though I'm a very independent woman, I've lived independently for many years of my life, I still am a woman. It's very, very helpful to me that my husband is always reassuring me. He encourages me. And trust me, the nice thing is I'm not a neurotic woman. I don't know what he would do with a neurotic woman. He's quite kind. He might tolerate that too. But the thing is, he understands that I'm a woman and that there are things that bother me that might not bother him. There are things that might stick with me that don't stick with him. There are things that I might go, you know what, is that going to be okay? Do you think they're okay? Do you think that was weird? Did that get messed up? And he's not irritated or frustrated with me about it. And so we have to remember, too, with women that they are subtly hardwired to pick up on all kinds of subtle cues. And so you may think that nothing changed, but we may have sensed or quote-unquote picked up on something. And so this is part of just understanding a woman's world is very different than yours. And the things that matter to a woman are very different. She could have been dressed up, gone out to dinner, you're having a great time at dinner, she felt really good about herself, and all of a sudden something changed. And if you ask her, hey, are you okay, something's going on? And if she feels safe enough with you, she might say something like, I don't think I should have ordered what I ordered because I might gain weight, and I just saw this really beautiful woman that just walked in the door, and she looks awesome, and now I feel fat. And to a man, that feels like, are you kidding me? How could you? Where did that come from? How could you even think that way? But a kind man, a gentleman says, oh, that makes sense. Hey, I don't want you to fret about it. Do you want to order something different? Or I don't want you to look at that woman. I'm looking at you, and I'm very happy with you. And I'm glad I'm with you. And I understand why that might throw you off, but you don't need to worry about that. You don't need to fret about it. And thanks for telling me. It's just about being reassuring and kind. So number seven, he has patience with me when I struggle with my appearance and how I feel about myself. And I know this is very difficult for men. And what you're going to hear next week is when I talk about what makes a man feel loved. And one of the things that makes a man feel very loved is that we don't complain about our appearance. (laughs) So you have to understand, it's tough for women. And I'm always coaching women to please complain about your appearance to your girlfriends, not to your husband, not to your significant other, your boyfriend, because it's very hard on them. So be that as it may, if you're her best friend, she's probably going to complain to you about her appearance. And so even though you may continually reassure her, it may seem neurotic. And our society is very, our culture is very hard on women's appearances. And so a very loving man understands and accepts there's tremendous pressure on me to look a certain way, especially in the world of women. Women are very hard on other women. And so really loving men are very careful what you look at in front of her. And you don't linger, and you're not obvious when another woman catches your eye. Because it makes a woman's heart drop to her gut. If she's feeling good about herself, and all of a sudden she sees you glance at another woman, she immediately thinks that other woman is prettier. And it may have nothing to do with it. It may be that you glanced at that woman thinking, I'm so glad I'm with my wife, because that woman's, I don't want to be with her. 
But that's hard for her to understand that and comprehend that. So you have to be very careful, very sensitive, and really understanding of the amount of pressure that women feel, especially around other women. So this last one, this is very important, especially in our, in our world today, because men are taught in many ways not to do what I'm going to tell you. So one of the ways that a man loves a woman is he feels protective and possessive of her because she belongs to him. And when that is done correctly, it is the most amazing feeling that a woman has because it makes her feel very special and very, very valued. And in today's culture, we're taught that many times these qualities are bad. But if we look at how the Lord loves us, we see why this is part of loving someone. When done appropriately, it can be experienced as very romantic and very securing. You don't want her to act independently of you because she's securing her own world. You don't want her to have to do that. I mean, of course we can, and of course we do as women. But the healthy romantic sexual dynamic between a man and a woman that love one another is established in this phenomenon. And sadly, we don't allow this in our culture. And some, because it's been abused in the past by demeaning women or done out of a man's control and out of his insecurity. But when this, need, when this dynamic comes from a place of intense value, and it goes both ways, but being protective means that I will do anything for the object of my love to not be hurt or harmed. And if they are, there will be consequence. And I'm telling you, that's how my husband feels about me. I am the object of his love. Now, I don't mean like he objectifies me. But there will be hell to pay if someone hurts me. And that is a wonderful feeling that I have because women need the strength of a man and a man needs the strength that women can provide. The reality is no matter how strong I am, no matter how much self-defense I can learn, I am no match for a man. And men are intended to protect women, to children. That's what God has called men to do. And this has been stolen from them and it needs to be given back to them. It's one of the most basic, fundamental ways that a man can love. He takes care of his own. And he should be allowed and encouraged to do this. So in conclusion, it's tough. These concepts are tough, but they they really can give you great results. And if you're looking for an overall change in a woman, one that's more relaxed with you and with herself, When she feels loved and secure, she is better able to be expressive and loving than the woman you dated. So please remember what you did to secure the relationship because the dating process works. So continue to do whatever it is that you did when you dated. So you want her to act like a woman? Treat her like one. Be nice. Be nice. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. Join me next week as we talk about what makes a man feel loved. Visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com and have a great week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay at any time at FaithTalk1360.com. 
Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.